Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. We're going to go into the reading of the Word. So if you'd please stand with me. Uh, it's going to be a doozy, but it's going to be really good as well. Um, we're going to read all of Acts 10. When I say we, I, me, I'm going to read all of Acts 10. Uh, so buckle up, grab your seatbelts, all uh, arms, legs inside, and perceptacles. Yeah, whatever they say. Uh, Acts chapter 10. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion who was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against the law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, 
Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with his Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. This is the, Lord, the word of the Lord. Come on, you've been standing already for so long. I want you to stay standing for the rest of the message. Is that okay? We'll just stand up the whole time. The first service did it, so you got to do it. Is that right? <laughs> okay. Hey, a couple things we're going to pray. Then we'll be seated here. Um, I, I love that story so much in that story that God speaks, that God taught Peter. And it came from a message from the Lord via an angel and a vision. It's kind of cool how God can use those things to, to speak to us and guide and direct us. And I have stood at the house of Simon the Tanner in Joppa. I've been there. It's super cool. It still exists. And I think it's a private residence or business, so we couldn't go inside. But I've been at the very place where this story took place, or at least the Peter part in the beginning where we had the vision. And if you are a Gentile believer in Jesus, which is most of us, <laughs> our spiritual lineage goes right back to, to uh, Acts chapter 10. Right here is where it, the bridge happened from Jew to Gentile. We can trace our spiritual lineage uh, following Jesus back to the story that we just read. That's kind of cool, isn't it? So, hey, let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for all of us that are able to be here together today. I'm just believing for great things, Lord. I just think we're going to have fun. God, you're going to speak to us. God, this is going to be good. Lord, I pray that you'd open our ears, that, our, that we would hear what you have to say to us. We would hear what the Spirit would speak today. And uh, God, that you would, um, Lord, give clarity to us. Many of us need clarity on what your will is for our life and decisions. Lord, I just pray that you would give people clarity and, and speak to them, lead them in that, Lord. And I'm just praying, Lord, if there's anybody here that may not believe in you, Lord, would you just show them that you care about them, that you love them, and that you are real. Show them that today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just go ahead and have a seat. We're going to have some fun as we continue on in the series called God's Plan, trying to discern what is the will of God for our life. The whole series 
is really wrestling with this question. Why am I here? Why does my life exist? What's the purpose of life? What's the meaning of life? Very important question, you would think, right? Okay, so that's what we're really exploring in this. That's the big picture question we're exploring is we long for meaning. Everybody longs for meaning. And what I've learned and I've seen is that God gives us the deepest, truest meaning and purpose in our life. And I think you're going to see a little bit of that uh, today. And my prayer for you is that it be said of you what was said of King David. King David, this was said in the New Testament in Acts, after David had done the will of God in his own generation. I love that. David did it. What did he do? The will of God in his generation. He died and he was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. Okay, that part's kind of like, that's not inspiring right there, right? But the truth is that's going to happen to all of us. You're going to die, your body's going to be buried, and it's going to decay. Just think about that for a moment, okay? So that's just, just trying to make you feel encouraged here this morning, right? Okay, so unless Jesus comes back before that happens, which we pray will happen, that's, we're going to die, our body's going to be buried, and we're going to decay with our ancestors. So before that happens, let's make the most of life. Before that happens, let's discover our purpose and walk in our purpose and the meaning and really the center of God's will for our life. I pray that it would be said of you, you lived God's will in your generation for your life. That's my prayer for you. And if you don't know what God's will is, you're in a great place. Okay, we're going to talk about this again today. And we've been in this series for a while. We talked about the importance of that primary will of God, first and foremost. God's will for you is this. I know what God's will for you is specifically. And it starts right here, to know him and make him known. You were born, created. Your purpose is in knowing and experiencing the living God. Know him and make him known. That's where it all starts. So we lean into that. We focus on that. And out of that, everything will flow. We stress out about the second part. Like, what do I do? Job, all that kind of stuff. The secondary will of God or our secondary calling is the thing that we just want God to answer. But God says, lean into me first. Know me. Make me known. But then the secondary will of God, we define it as your specific calling based upon your gifts, passion, values, and experiences. And so that's what we're talking about. How do we discern that? And how do we seek God for help in decisions that we're making in life? And so the foundational verse we looked at last couple weeks is Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all. Everybody say all. all. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. I love how the New Living says this, by the way. This is what the New Living says. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. You ever come to a place in, in life where it's like, I got several paths. Okay, God, which one? Which one do I take? Okay, we'll, we'll even explore that specifically in the coming weeks about how do I discern which path. But this is what the Word of God says. Seek His will in all you do, and He'll show you which path. He'll, show, he, he will, he, he'll, he'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll make your path straight. He will show you the right way to go. So how does He do that? Is this fascinating? This is amazing. This is what I love about God, is God will speak to us. And he speaks to us in so many different ways. And so that's what we're walking through. Nine ways that God will reveal his will to us. We've only conquered, or conquered, that's the wrong word, covered three so far. And we're going to hit four and five today. So we got a couple more weeks to finish this out. But first we talked about how God, his Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us, 
speaks to us. Promptings, still small voice. Uh, we talked about God's word. God's word will speak to us. If you've never sensed that God has ever spoken to you, just open up this book. And God is instantly speaking to you. This is his word. It's living, it's active, it's amazing when we open up our heart to the possibility of God, how he speaks to us through his living word. So uh, through his word and then through godly counsel. We talked about God's word and godly counsel last week, two very important things. In fact, those, top, those first three things we've covered so far are the three predominant ways I think God leads us and guides us in life. And the number one way that I think God speaks to us more than any other way is through his word. Easily through his word. He will speak. You get in his word, he will speak to you. So we're going to hit number four, number five, how God leads and guides us in life. And so number four is through prophecy. We're going to talk to you about prophecy today. Amy and I were actually, we were going to tag team this, but she's decided to save some of her prophecy stuff that she was going to share for our encounter night coming up. So Join us for Encounter. It's not this Wednesday, but it's in two Wednesdays. Prayer and worship night. She's going to talk about prophecy, prophetic words, and different things. Be great. She'll go deeper in that. So I'm just going to kind of get a, a you know, 14,000-foot elevation of this is prophecy. This is what prophetic word God can speak to us. This isn't just an Old Testament thing. This isn't just a, a Bible thing. Like, God uses prophetic words today to speak to us. So... Couple things. Paul talks about this. 1 Corinthians 13 says, For now we know in part and we prophesy in part. So it's important to understand that we don't have all knowledge, all understanding, and all discerning right now. We can't understand everything, but God can. But this is a good reminder for us. We don't understand everything, and even as we prophesy, we still just prophesy in part. So maybe you've received a prophetic word before and it didn't fully make sense. It's okay. Maybe you've given a prophetic word before, and you're like, I don't even know if this means anything for you. But I just, here you go, and if, if it's God, good. If it's good, good, but uh, just pray about it. And you just kind of let it go, right? You just say, because sometimes you don't know what that really means. You just, I'll just step of faith, share it, and see if God does something with it. Because if it is God, it'll resonate. It'll be right on. It'll be awesome. And so we got to understand this. For now we know in part, we prophesy in part, so we have to handle this with humility. We gotta be humble. And as we handle prophetic words, as we give prophetic words, it's so important that we do so with humility. Now, I believe God has gifts for you. You got talents, but you also have spiritual gifts. And Paul goes on to say in the next chapter, he says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of what? Prophecy. So Paul even says, okay, eagerly desire these things because you got them. So desire them, stir them up, let, ask God to help you use them, especially go after this gift called prophecy. So it's okay for you and I to ask, God, would you just use me in this way? I, I just want to experience this spiritual gift. You may not even understand it. You're just like, okay, it's in the Bible. Uh, some guy named Paul encouraged us to do it. So, okay, God, uh, here we go. God, would you use me? in prophetic words. And there's gonna be times where God's gonna to speak to you through other people. There's also gonna be times where God's gonna speak through you to other people. I love it when God does both of those. And I love this quote from Mark Batterson, pastor, author. He says this. He says, one of the greatest gifts we can give someone is not just pray for that person, but also to listen to God for him or her. It's good to pray for people, but listen. What's God wanna maybe say to them, speak to them? 
If you cultivate a prophetic ear, God will give you a prophetic voice. That's good. But it comes with a caution. If someone isn't ready, willing, or able to hear what you have to say, you're wasting your time. The right word has to be spoken at the right time or we can actually have the wrong effect. So sometimes God may speak to you something for somebody else. It does not mean you have to share it. Maybe God just wanted to give you insight so you could pray about it. But sometimes we can get in the way of God and what he's doing and we can hurt people with sharing words. Maybe we did it the wrong way. We just said they, didn't, they weren't ready to hear it. It was the wrong time. And so you pray about timing and all of that because it matters. This is why we got to operate in humility with this. The words God said are, is a very powerful statement and can be abused and can actually hurt people. So I actually like to stay away from that phrase and kind of use phrases like, um, I, I think God is saying, <laughs> I sense God is saying, what, have you ever considered this? Sometimes I won't even use God. Like, have you ever considered this? Have you ever thought about this? Because if it is a word from God, when it hits them, it'll sit on them, like it'll resonate with them. Like God will speak to them. And sometimes we attach God to it because we want people to listen to us. They want them to believe us. We want them to do what we want them to do. Maybe if we're, sometimes there's selfish motives. And so we attach God to it. We put the God card onto a word and that can cause abuse and uh, can lead people astray. And we got to be careful with that. So sometimes it's good just to take away the God card because if it is a God thing, then it'll sit well with them and God will use that word. And so I just encourage you, ask God to give you prophetic words, a prophetic voice. And it might be just something as simple as encouraging somebody, just speaking life to somebody. You never know how that will sit. Like they, that was a God word for them. And you were just like, I just said, had a, have a nice day. <laughs> but something about that just sit, like God can use those things. It's amazing. But I just love how God can use prophetic words. And there's an interesting story in Acts where Paul is on his way to Jerusalem. He gets a prophetic word and they, they tie him up around with a rope and they say, this is what's gonna happen. You're gonna be arrested. This is gonna happen. They're gonna tie you up with a rope. And so the person who had the prophetic word for Paul said, so you shouldn't go to Jerusalem. Now, the truth is that was a prophetic word, but the person giving the prophetic word interpreted it wrongly because Paul said, no, 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 no. You're right, but I have to go to Jerusalem because I have to be arrested. And so it's why we gotta learn to discern these prophetic words and what's, how, do, how do we handle this? How do I see this? Pray about it. And godly counsel can be a great place to go as you're wrestling through these types of things. I've received prophetic words before that were right on. Um, I've also received ones that were closer to pathetic than prophetic. Uh, I've received some that just like the person meant well, but it just wasn't right. It wasn't a God thing. I, there's one time I was wrestling with a decision. I was serving at a church in Walla Walla, Washington. Anybody ever been to Walla Walla, Washington? Anybody? Yeah, come on. The town's so nice, they named it twice, right? So I was serving at a church there, and I sensed that God was calling me to go and serve at a church in California. And so someone gave me a prophetic word. They actually wrote it down. It says, God spoke to me about you, and here it is. And it was a word on, don't leave, you're called to stay. And so I'm like, okay, it's interesting. It's praying through that, wrestling through that. But the backstory was about three months before that, I was praying at the altar at one of our church services down in the front like this. I just went down front. I was just praying, seeking God. And I sensed that God was speaking to me these words. Tyrone, I'm releasing you from this place, from this church and from Walla Walla. And I didn't want to hear that, by the way. I loved 
loved being there. I loved what God was doing. I loved that season of my life. And so I'm like, no, I just, no, God, I don't want this to happen. But I sensed it was God. So I wrote it down and I said, okay, God, if this is you, you got to do something about it. And once you know, three months later, I get this phone call from this church in California and I'm like, oh man, I think God's in this. So I'll explore a conversation because I've sensed God already speaking some things to me. So I flew down there, kind of sensed, it seems like God might be in this. Then I get this prophetic word, you're called to stay here. Ooh, okay. And so that's where I'm wrestling with this prophetic word that I've gotten. And then as I'm praying through that and thinking through that, I'm talking to people that I trust, godly counsel, and then I have a vision in one of our prayer meetings. And in this vision, it was very clear again to me that God was calling me to leave and go to California. So I, I really had to weigh that prophetic word and say, I just don't think that was right. For whatever reason, well-intentioned, whatever, they missed it on that. And we can miss it, guys. Please know we can miss it. Other people can miss it. That's why we receive those with humility. We give them with humility and we just pray, okay, God, if this is you, then let's speak to me. Show me, is this it? Sometimes when you get a prophetic word, it just instantly sits on you and you're like, you know that you know that you know that you know. And sometimes I've had moments where it's like, I know that I know, but I don't want to know. But I don't want to know. Please, no, 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 but I know. You know, has that ever happened to you? Because I've had that happen before as well. And so, uh, so that story that I shared about, you know, wall wall transition, I mentioned I had a vision. And I don't have visions very often, but I love it when I do. It's, it's great. And, and every time I have a vision, I write it down. I'd encourage you, as you sense God speaking to you, you're wrestling with decisions, trying to discern God's will, write it down. Write down. If you have a vision, you, you know, whatever, write it down. And so th- uh, that leads us into the next thing. So we talk about prophecy. Now, number five, this is the, the fifth way that God will reveal his will to us is what I would call spiritual experiences. I thought long and hard about this for actually a couple of weeks. What do I call this? It's kind of landed on spiritual experiences because there's a whole load of things that I I could see that I've experienced or that I even see in the Bible that it's like, how do do I describe these things? And you could list them all one by one, but I just kind of lumped them all into spiritual experiences and visions would be one of those. Now, before I describe this and talk more in depth than this, let me just say this in the beginning. We tend to be skeptical of what we haven't experienced before. We tend to think some people are just way too crazy and there's no way that could be God. <laughs> and like, ah, you hear something, maybe you've been there before, like I heard something, like, I don't know, that's weird and you're kind of weird anyway in the first place and so I don't know, it's, I don't know if I believe you in that. And, and we can be skeptical of things, but what I've learned is that God does crazy. <laughs> I've learned this, Okay. God does, all, this Bible right here, this book is full of crazy, it's full of miraculous, it's full of signs, and it's full of wonders. God does it all. And so, I, even the, like speaking in tongues, the gift of tongues, like if we just could be real and honest and acknowledge that that's crazy, that's weird, but it's God. It's in the Bible, it happened then, and it, and, and it happens today. I've seen it happen. So let's look at a story here in Acts chapter 2. This is where the Holy Spirit is poured out on the believers in the upper room. So they're experiencing the Holy Spirit for the first time, most of them. And they're speaking in tongues and other tongues and other languages. 
So everybody around them in the city of Jerusalem is looking at this group of people, and they're like, you guys are crazy. What's going on? The only conclusion they could come to is they've been drinking way too much. These people are all drunk. That's the only conclusion they came to, which translation, they're crazy, right? So that's what's going on here. And Peter stands up, Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 in the morning. Which, by the way, when people are drunk, they usually speak less intelligently. Have you ever noticed that? Like, it's harder to understand people when they're drunk. Like, you know, it's like, it's... And so these people are speaking other languages and other tongues. And so, but the, they thought they're so crazy. The only thing they could come up with was that they are just, they're drunk because it's so crazy. But it's kind of funny that would accuse them of being drunk because that wouldn't make sense based upon their speech, right? All right, anyways. Uh, so uh, Peter quotes from the Old Testament prophet Joel here. He says... Verse 16, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Just talked about that. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. Verse 19, I'll go on. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Okay, so we already talked about prophecy, which that mentioned a couple times there. But it also talked about dreams, visions, signs, wonders. I would put all of those into spiritual experiences. So I'd add a few more to that. Spiritual experiences are these. Dreams, visions, signs, wonders, uh, coincidences, angels, creation, and media. God can speak through all of those things to you. And I put etc. because God can even do more than that. So these are all very biblical ways, by the way, as we talk about spiritual experiences. We think about this. God spoke to Moses through a bush. God spoke to a guy named Balaam through his donkey. If God can do that, he can certainly use these spiritual experiences right here. God spoke to men and women all throughout Scripture with uh, visions and angels, even coincidences. Peter, we read in that Acts chapter 10, Peter fell into a trance. Did you catch that? He fell into a trance. Uh, John, Ezekiel, and Paul were all described as caught up in the spirit. So they were caught up in this crazy spiritual experience with the Lord. So this is all biblical. And what I believe is that if God did it then, he can do it today. Because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. This isn't just for Bible days. Well, that was cool. No, it's for today. God doesn't want you just to believe in him. He wants you to experience him. And you and I can experience God through these spiritual experiences. And it's phenomenal when it happens. I love how God does this. He just meets us in these strange, crazy, yet awesome ways. And so the one that maybe surprised you was when I used the word coincidence. Coincidence. Here's how I define coincidence. This is what a coincidence is. A life event that seems strange or crazy, yet reveals a way that God is speaking. You ever had a coincidence? You ever had one of those moments, and then it'll be like, maybe that's God. Like, it's like deja vu, glitch in the matrix kind of a thing, and it causes you to think, like, wow, and, and God kind of speaks through that. <laughs> this happened to me several times. There, there was 
a season years ago where Amy and I felt like God was laying Scotland on our heart to do ministry in. And very strong, and so we actually brought it to the youth leaders and to the youth ministry, student leaders at the time were just praying, like, should we do this? Should we take our youth ministry there? It would be a lot of work, a lot of energy, a lot of money and fundraising, and our good friend Vanessa, she was a part of this trip and this experience. She was part of this whole process there, so she remembers, and so this is a big deal to take, you know, we wanted to take over 50 people to Scotland, and so we're praying through this, and once you know, several things happened with us as youth leaders where we would show up at this place and it would be something about Scotland. You're like, well, that's kind of weird. Is that coincidence? At first, it seems like coincidence. And it happened several times. And then we went to this winter retreat where we reserved this hotel down in Oregon. Remember this? And we had this big, huge room that we did services in and we all stayed in hotel rooms. It was awesome. But the whole hotel was decked out in Scottish theme. And at that point, it happened several times, and we're all just looking at each other thinking, okay, God's speaking something to us. Like, okay, I think Scotland's it. Here we go. Because it happened several times, because you could say coincidence or God. And God can use coincidences. When Amy and I were in a season of transition before moving here to Phoenix, we're just praying for God to lead us and guide us really in a serious season of trying to discern God's will for the next season of our life. And about six months before I moved here, I struck up a relationship with a guy named Lee Metcalf, who is one of the leaders of the Arizona Ministry Network here. And I don't even remember how that happened, I think through a friend of a friend or something like that. And had a conversation with him about maybe planting a church down in the Phoenix area somewhere. And so we were just exploring whatever God had for us, just having lots of conversations with leaders and churches and networks in Washington and California, and then started in Arizona. And through that, somehow, a month later or so, I was on the network website here in Arizona, and I noticed that there was some random church in North Phoenix that was looking for a pastor. And so I thought, oh, I'll just email my resume. That's okay, I just sent off my resume. Well, the night before that, one of the board members who was looking for, who was part of the, 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 the team looking for the next pastor, went to sleep, and in his words, he says, I had the most crazy, random thought ever in my life. He says, as I was going to sleep that night, the thing I could not stop thinking about was, what do they call people from Walla Walla? He's like, what do they call, do they call them, Wallens? Walla, Walla Wallens? Walla, Walla Wallusians? What, like, what, what are they? He said, seriously, he's like, I couldn't, I couldn't, it was the weirdest, random, randomest thing. He says, the next day, I go and I grab all these resumes, and as I'm looking through resumes, all of a sudden, walla walla. As he read through mine, because I had served at a church in walla walla. Coincidence or God? And God used that moment for a relationship that, that this church was the church that I had sent the resume to, in case you're wondering. <laughs> That's how it all ended up here. It's funny how God uses weird, crazy coincidences to lead us and guide us in life. I, I've mentioned visions, and I said, you know, I don't always have visions, but uh, when I do, it's great. I had a vision years ago, and I was on a missions trip in Costa Rica. We had a prayer time, and just was just enjoying prayer and worship, and then I just I was having this vision. And so after that, I wrote it down in my journal. And in this vision, I remember walking down a hallway, and there was these shelves on the hall, in the hallway. 
And after first service, Amy was just reminding me of some things I forgot. It's been so long since I've even thought about this, but she's like, I remember you saying, God saying you could have anything you wanted on these shelves. Okay, I don't remember that part, but um, I could go back and read through my journal and see that. But I wrote down that, that vision, and then, wouldn't you know, seven months later, I'm reading through my journal. This is why it's good to write things down, by the way. So I was reading through my journal. Seven months later, I'm on an airplane flying to Colorado, getting ready to speak at a, at a winter camp thing. And, and all of a sudden, as I'm reading through this vision, I got the Jesus bumps. Has it ever happened to you? Like the Jesus bumps. Like, oh, God spoke to me as I was reading through this because I had written down things that I saw in the vision. And I wrote down the letters A, O. And in that moment, I instantly knew what God was speaking to me. Because I realized that the girl that I was dating, Amy Owings, was the one that God wanted me to marry. It was this crazy, crazy moment where I had no idea seven months before, Amy and I, at this point, as I'm reading the journal, had only been dating for one month. But seven months before that moment, God had spoken something to me. I didn't know what it meant. I just wrote it down. And seven months later, he speaks something so clearly to me that I knew what God was saying. God will do that through visions. He loves to speak through visions. Let me, let me share with you another really cool story. Did you know that God is revealing himself by the hundreds, maybe even thousands, I don't know, to Middle Eastern people, people who are of Muslim faith? And they're having visions of Jesus visiting them, and they're, they're confessing faith in Christ. It, I've heard this story time and time and time again. They encounter Jesus in a vision, and they become a, a believer and a follower of Jesus. So listen to this. This is a Live Dead book put out by our Live Dead missionaries that we're connected to in the Assemblies of God. It's phenomenal, a little devotional reading that I read a couple years ago, and it's about Iranian believers. And so this is an interesting story. It says, I recently heard a story of an Afghan man who was living in Iran. We'll call him Ibrahim. Ibrahim became a Christian in Iran after hearing an evangelist preach on the television. Okay, God uses television. God uses media. God ever spoke to you through television? I believe God can, all of you online right now, God can speak to you through technology. He uses media. God ever speak to you through a, a YouTube video or Instagram? I mean, God can use all of this, right? So he, he's here, this evangelist preach on television says he was extremely sick and his doctors gave him no hope for recovery. But while he watched the Christian television show, he became saved and healed. This happened in the last year or so at the time of this publication here. He ended up coming to Turkey where for the first time he saw a New Testament. Imagine reading the words of Paul for the first time so close to some of the cities he had visited during his journeys. About that time, Ibrahim arrived in Turkey. His father and mother found out that he had converted away from the Muslim faith. We don't have anything to do with him anymore, his father exclaimed to his mother. Do you understand? Your son is dead. He has denied the faith. Time passed, and eventually Ibrahim was able to call back to Afghanistan to speak to his mother. She was so upset when she heard his voice on the telephone. How could this happen, she asked. How could you leave the faith? Ibrahim had told, him this, uh, told her the story of how he had found Jesus. And he talked about being born again. When he used that phrase, she became silent. What's wrong, mother? He asked her, and she sighed. When I gave birth to you, 
I had a vision of an angel that came to me on a horse. The angel talked to me about being born again, but I had no idea what the angel meant. And as years went by, I put it in the back of my mind. But here you are talking about being born again, and now I finally understand what the angel was trying to tell me. They spoke for a little while longer. Ibrahim's mother professed faith in Christ. Okay, amazing, tragic ending, unfortunately, because this happens too often in the Middle East, though, guys. Two months uh, ago, Ibrahim's father killed Ibrahim's mother after learning she had become a Christian, and he burned her to death. But she had found Jesus. And when we have Jesus, we have everything. We have everything. What a crazy story how God used television, media, and a vision from years and years ago. And now her son was speaking these words, and she knew. I just love how God, spiritual experiences, God uses these things in our life. I just, I just love how God works. I just love that he operates in this way. So my question is, do you think that these, these things should be anomalies or normalities? Should these be rare or normal? Now, they may not happen every day, but I pray that you have some spiritual experiences in your life. When you do, you cannot deny that God is real. I just love, again, God doesn't just want us to believe in him. We get to experience him as well. That's what sets apart Christianity from any other religion. It's not a belief system. It's you and I having a relationship and experiencing the living God. And we have these spiritual experiences like we have right here. I just love how God works like this. So I'm believing God's going to speak to you. God's going to reveal maybe a path he has for you that you're wrestling with. And these are two more of the ways that God does so, through prophecy and through spiritual experiences. I could go on on and on talking about more stories about spiritual experiences. But I'm just gonna pray that God will reveal himself to you however he wants to. Our heart posture needs to be just, God, I'm open. I'm available. And first and foremost, God, I want you. I'm all about you. I'm leaning to you. I'm going after you. And so, I love it when, when people say, like, Tyrone, you said something today, and it really wasn't what you said, but God said something to me through it, and it was really cool. Because I know when that happens, it's like God is speaking something directly that you need to hear that you're never going to forget. Because let's be real, tomorrow you're going to forget almost everything I said. Except for I shared lots of stories today, so we remember stories. You might remember some of the stories. But we, we tend to forget things, but if God speaks something to you, you likely are never going to forget that. So I always encourage you, too, to write it down because over time we can forget details and different things, and so write it down. So with that, I just want to throw something out there because this is something we're praying about right now as a church. We want to love and serve our community best we can, and we have it in our heart. If you've been around Rivers Church for a while, you know we just love the Palomino area. We want to serve and love the Palomino community, and so... What do we want to do is we have this idea kind of stirring within us, and I'll throw it out there in case this resonates with some of, it, some of you. We want to go adopt a specific neighborhood and go there and just hit that same neighborhood like every week, same time every week for like eight to 10 weeks, just 
Bring them some goodies, some treats, love on them. How you doing? Anything you need? Can we serve in any way? Can we pray for you? Get to know them. Just build relationship and just kind of like, it's like an adopt a block, kind of adopt a neighborhood kind of thing. And if that's something you would like to be a part of, then let us know on your Connect card. Because we just need people that are willing to commit to, I'm going to go there, I'm going to serve, and I'm going to connect with people and love on those families. So write on your Connect card. Use the digital Connect card. Let us know if that's something that you would like to do. We potentially have another opportunity to serve Palomino. There's two schools there, two elementary schools, Pal 1 and Pal 2. Pal 1 is going to have to relocate this summer because they're going to get, their school's going to be remodeled. So they're, they're relocating to an empty school somewhere here in the PV school district. So they need help at the end of this month, end of the school year, packing up stuff. I think they have help moving, but if you wanted to help just pack stuff up, we're potentially going to be helping the school there, just going to serve the school, serve the teachers, go into the classrooms, pack things up for them. So let us know if you want to be a part of that as well. Because again, our heart's desire is just to serve our community, just love our city, and just help people. And we just want to be a church that does some good in our community. So use the Connect card. Let me know if that's something that God is like stirring within you. You just want more information, more details. Maybe you want to help us put together packets and different things or bags. We would love to hear from you. So as I bring this to a close here this morning, let me just give you some words of advice on how to handle spiritual experiences. Because we gotta put some boundaries, maybe some framework into this so that we, because we can go crazy with this, okay? It can get too crazy, that's possible. So here's some advice. This applies to, I think, a lot of the ways God speaks to us too. You can apply it to prophetic words and all that. But advice on spiritual experiences, number one, they won't contradict God's word. It's not going to contradict this. Now, you may not specifically find it in here, but it's not going to cause you to go against God's word. Because things happen to us that I don't find specifically in here. Like, God has spoke to me through movies. I haven't read a story yet where someone was in a movie theater watching a movie and God spoke to them. I haven't seen that story in the Bible yet. Yet it happens. That happened to you before God uses media again, okay? So it may not be in the Bible, but it won't go against the Bible. It won't call you to do something that is anti-scripture and anti-God's way, okay? And it won't put that experience or anybody else above God either, okay? So uh, it won't contradict God's word. We always gotta make sure we weigh what God is speaking to us with God's word. We talked about that last week, right? You cannot know God's will if you don't know God's word. Impossible. So we are people who are empowered by the spirit and grounded by the word. Empowered by the spirit, grounded with this word, this word, we need this word to help guide us, okay? Number two, and I was gonna talk about these for a while, but I'm just gonna fly over these and bring this time to a close here. Number two is this, they may challenge your comfort zone or false beliefs. Spiritual experiences can do that. If you saw a bush burning and it began talking to you, you might be challenged with your beliefs in your comfort zone, like that's just weird. That's odd, right? Think about what Peter experiences. We read through the whole of Acts chapter 10. Peter has this vision, and God speaks to him, kill and eat. And Peter's like, no way. That is against Jewish law. I would never do such a thing, God. But God was speaking to him like, okay, it's not about that anymore. About ready to take the gospel to the Gentiles, and you kind of got to do away with some of the Jewish law stuff. And you got to do away with some of your, your, your prejudices too. Because this was hindering the gospel from going from Jew to Gentile. And so God may challenge your comfort zone or your false 
beliefs. He may challenge your prejudices. We can develop prejudices. All of us can. And so that's what was going on for Peter. He's having to go and connect, go into the home of a Gentile. It was against the law. So it's out of his comfort zone. It's challenging his beliefs. And so sometimes this will happen. Number three, the meaning is not always immediately discernible. That's why I always say write it down. You may not know exactly what this means yet. That's okay. It may not even be from God. That's okay as well. But it might. And so we write it down, and I just kind of keep praying about it, thinking about it, talk to some godly counsel about it. And eventually, over time, it might become discerned. You might understand what God was speaking through that. Number four, it may require risky faith. You may have to really step out and do something like, oh, man, I've never done this before. I've never tried this. Again, Peter, that example, he is, that's a risk. I mean, he could be ostracized from the Jewish Christian church now because he's associating and going to the home of Gentiles. How dare he? Yet he's doing it because he knows God is speaking to him. This is risky faith. And on the other side of that risky faith was salvation's for a bunch of Gentiles and the Spirit of God poured out. And so sometimes God may have you do that. I love risky faith. It's one of the core values of our church, by the way. Risky faith is something we value here. Step out. Faith always has a little element of risk anyways. If you think about it, the, the definition has a little bit of risk. That's what faith is. Okay, then the last one is this, number five. Spiritual experiences are not the goal. It's important to say that, okay? God is the goal, and his will for your life, that's the goal. Because what can happen is people have these spiritual experiences, and then it becomes all about spiritual experiences. And I gotta have another spiritual experience, and I gotta go to this conference, and I gotta run to this church, and I gotta move here, and I gotta do this, and I need so-and-so to give me a word, give me a word, pray for me. What's, word, what's the word I have you have for me today? And we, it's, it's, we elevate spiritual experiences over God. God's the goal. His will for our life is the goal. And then the spiritual experiences will happen. But we're chasing after God, not the spiritual experiences. This is why Jesus said, these signs will follow you. As you follow me, then signs, wonders, all these things will follow you. They will happen. They're a part of your spiritual life, but that's not what you're going after. Okay? So let's look at those words that Jesus said in Mark chapter 6. Sorry, 16. Mark chapter 16, at the end of the Gospel of Mark. This is the other great commission right here. Matthew 28 is the one we predominantly look at. Mark 16 is the other great commission. And someone look at verses uh, 15 through 18 here. Uh, Jesus said to them, go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. So, again, if you've never been water baptized, let us know. We can do that next week. Verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe. So, okay, let me read this and we'll talk about it. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So these are things that will happen. Now, how we interpret those verses is very important. 
Because some people take those kind of out of context. Okay, we pray for people to be healed. Yes, that is something we want to continually do. We continually see that in Scripture. But do you want to continually pick up deadly, venomous snakes and say, I'm not going to die, so here we go. Yay! You know, there's people that have taken these scriptures and they've done that and they've died. And the scripture also says, don't put God to the test. And so you don't test God in these things. But if something like this does happen, God's saying, I'm going to protect you. By the way, that did happen to Paul. Deadly snake bit him, shook it off, and it didn't kill him. All the people are like, whoa, he's a God. There's something special about this man. It just was God protecting him. And so we don't want to put God to the test with those things. But the other things in there, speaking in tongues. Seeing people healed, those things are things we will, those are more normative that we will see. And so we gotta interpret that passage appropriately. But notice what Jesus said. These signs will accompany, maybe your translation says, follow. Mine that we're reading here right now says, accompany. That word, accompany, actually means to follow one as to always be at his or her side. So it's like it's always kind of coming alongside of you. It's always right there. As you follow Jesus, these these things will accompany you. They'll be right there with you. So again, we're not going after them. They're just coming along with us, these spiritual experiences. Okay, so let me read the last two verses, and we can bring this to a close here. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven. He sat down at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them, and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. So they literally just obeyed what Jesus told them to do. He said, go and preach. These signs are going to accompany you. So they go and they preach, and what you know? These signs accompany them. And those signs were what helped confirm that the word of the Lord was true. And that's why they're there. That's why I think it's great to pray for healing for unbelievers. Now, that's a risky faith kind of moment right there, guys. It's like, okay, I'm putting God, uh, I feel like I'm putting myself on the limb here. But if God heals that person, that's a sign that can point them to believe in God. So if you sense God is calling you to do that, step out in faith and do it. Because signs and wonders and even spiritual experiences can accompany us so that it confirms that God is real, that his word is true. And that's the goal. But it's important that you and I go, go, go. That word means as you go, as you live your life, we're going, we're proclaiming the good news of Jesus. We're preaching the good news. And I'm praying that as you do, the signs will accompany you and me more and more and more. You want that? You want that? Okay, so I'm praying for you. God will speak to you. His will, to be able to discern his will, Don't forget, it starts. Know him. Make him known. That's why it's important to look at this passage here again in Mark, too. Jesus says, go and preach to to all the world. Because this isn't just about us and for us. God doesn't want to reveal his will to you so you can be special and you can be successful and you can do all these great things and then you can just live your life. No, God wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing. God wants you to... God wants to lead you so you can lead other people. So don't forget, it's not about you and I. It's about God blessing us and then using us to be a blessing to other people. So we've got to make sure we're going, we're preaching, we're helping other people grow, making it more than just about us. This isn't a big bless me club. That's not what we are. It's a God bless us so we can bless other people. 
so we can be a blessing. That's why I just want to go serve a neighborhood in Palomino. Just want to be a blessing. Just want to love them because God's blessed us. So we got to make sure that we're doing this. We're living it. And it's more than just knowing him. We're making him known. That's the goal. Making him known. That's his will for your life, 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 all of our lives. Know him and make him known. I pray that we would live that out the best we possibly can. Lord, help us. Would you stand your feet? Let's pray. So we got four more ways that God reveals his will to us. We're going to have fun looking at these in the coming weeks. I'm excited about that. But today's kind of a fun one, huh? Prophecy and spiritual experiences. It's kind of different, weird and odd and cool. Um, let's pray. Show me, Lord. Would you speak to us right now what it is that we need to hear from you in light of this message today? And go ahead and just pause right there where you're at. Just say, God, speak to me. What is it you have for me today? that you'd use us to be a blessing to people. That I pray that we would be a people that truly live out our primary calling in life. That's to know you, make you known. Lord, I pray for those that may not know you, that may not be in relationship with you. I prayed it earlier, God, I prayed again. God, would you show them your loving presence right now? God, just fill them, touch them, touch them, I pray. Right now in Jesus' name. May they come to the place where they realize they need you, they need to follow you and put their trust in you and they can find all the meaning, all the purpose that they need in life in you. Would you do that right now today, Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name. Lord, for those wrestling with decisions, speak to them. Speak to them, God. Will we just open our hearts to you right now to receive from you? that you have to receive direction words path we open our hearts to you God lead us guide us I pray in Jesus name Lord would you lay people on our hearts again I pray that we need to share with that we need to reach out to who is it Lord that we can help grow in their faith Lord, just encourage. God, give us eyes to see people as you see them, Lord, not to be so focused on ourselves and so inward focused, but that we miss on these people that we can love and serve, Lord, I pray. Open our eyes, Lord, open our eyes. We may see who you want us to see. Lord, use us to be a blessing. Use us, God. same I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power 
the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.